Uh, episode number 62, another yeah. milestone. We're, we're just racking them and stacking them at this point. You know we are. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, uh, and you can be honest. Yeah. Did you ever think we'd get 62 episodes out of this? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, no. Did you think we were going to get 10? Yeah, I figured we'd get 10. I really did. I didn't think we'd hit 25. Right. And we've talked about this yeah. before. You know, it's like uh, you meet somebody at an NCOES or to school or, you know, on your military travels and you click. And right. uh, we we're talking and you're like, I'm like, hey, I'm trying to get into podcasting. Apparently you thought that I was bigger than what I really was because I hadn't like we started this together. I didn't have any experience before. I think what what threw me off was that you were doing the other project and you kept talking about doing this herf. Yeah. And you kept talking about wanting to go up to DC and then the COVID hit and we couldn't, but you were going to go up and you were going to meet some, some dude, the dude, the big man in the sky with the beard or whatever yeah, he is. Well, I, I don't, don't necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, I don't know that, who he yeah. is. I've never seen him before. I don't even remember his name, but you were so excited and so like you were, that was, I remember, that was like the highlight of that weekend. You were so pumped. You were going to go up and meet up with this guy. Yeah. And it didn't work out. Yeah, he's kind of one of the big wigs. One of the, um, I guess he is one of the big wigs of the um, Cigar Rights of America, which uh, is something that I was uh, very excited about uh, several years ago. Uh, but you know, it's been several years, <clears throat> right? Yeah. I mean, things have just changed. Yeah, for sure. I honestly, I just remember how passionate you were about that. And it just excited. made it feel like you had been this epic podcaster and you're talking about, um, one of your little side projects that you were going to do. And I just, Little did you know that. Little did I know <laughs> that we were podcasting virgins. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I think I put the uh, the cart before the horse. I suppose you know I was really excited. I wanted to get something going, and yeah. uh, you know, then as we got to know each other a little bit more, uh, and I didn't really think. I remember I was like, uh, we were done talking, whatever, and then like maybe an hour later, I was laying in my bunk. And all of a sudden, I get a text message from you, and you're like, I think we should do this. Yeah. I mean, I was excited. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, all right. And uh, it still took us a couple months. But, uh, yeah, here we are. I didn't know that this was going to uh, make it to where it's at. And I'm, I'm really excited to see where this goes. So, yeah, uh, I think we have a lot of cool things in store. And. Uh, for my listeners, the people who listen because they pretend to love me, this will be the first episode that comes out where I am 100% officially in my new job and not with, or the company, not at the company level, uh, with the people who have been some of the greatest people I've ever had the opportunity to work with. Uh, that's always a big move. Yeah. And, uh, huge. Uh, I know that's affected you on multiple levels. Yeah. And 
it's a small state that you're in and some of them guys, your paths are going to cross again. So, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, you have to move on, you have to do career progression, all that fun stuff, you know, uh, it is what it is, but you know, this, and we said it at the end of the last episode, you know, uh, just because people have to move on and do bigger things and do other things and ex have new experiences doesn't mean you have to break all communication and uh, and not grow as a as a I, I hate saying it this way but you can still grow together even though you're apart I mean we're a prime example oh for sure I think right. we should probably get this episode going what do you think uh -huh. Do I even need this button? I don't know. I could try to do the whole intro with that thing. You're <laughs> listening to Eyes Forward March, a podcast geared towards building the core of the non-commissioned officers. Heat up your MRE, crack open a cold rippet, and join your platoon daddies, Sergeant Bacon and Sergeant Seagar, as they continue to build networking skills, have some laughs, uplift morale, and talk about daily issues soldiers face. Let's begin. Well, let's begin. Oh, yeah. Oh, you got to do your intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to do this. <laughs> so I am Sergeant Bacon, and with me, as always, he's the Bert to my Ernie, <laughs> Mr. Sergeant Seagar. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I like that one. That one, that one might stick. Yeah. That one will kill. Oh, man. That was so good, I completely forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I don't oh, know. no, I remember now. I was going to say, in our intro, we say uplift morale, and I think we've had a few episodes that weren't necessarily morale uplifting. I think that they were informative and uh, kind of therapeutic, if nothing else, and hopefully people can relate. But anyway, I think we need to build some morale for a change. Yeah, let's do something fun. All right. Uh, you know what we do every episode that's super fun? I agree. It's time for military history. So let me tell you this. One of okay. these days, I'm going to have Corporal Cat Lady come on, and we're going to do oh. a live version of that. Because she, oh, yeah. she was in the truck with me the other day, and we're listening to that, and she kept trying to do it. And I said, hey, you just come on, and we'll it'll be fine. So one of these days, uh, even if she doesn't want to do it while while we record, if yeah. she just wants to do it like on the side, like you guys put that together, we'll completely change it. Yeah, dude, it was so funny. Hell yeah. Okay, let's talk about November sixth through November twelfth in the year twenty twenty two. We'll get started with uh, November sixth, eighteen sixty, Commander in Chief. Abraham Lincoln was elected as the 16th U.S. president and the first Republican. He received 180 of 303 possible electoral votes and 40% of the popular vote. Like He was awesome. You know, straight up. So he got more than 50% of the electoral vote. Yep. But only 40% of the popular vote. Right. Hmm. Okay. And that's what it takes to win, I guess. I mean, there's a couple different variations, but I mean, you have to imagine that back then you couldn't just throw ads in every mailbox and 
TV set. I don't even know if they... They probably didn't even have TV. Not in 1860. Mm, not good TV. They had that kaleidoscope thing. Oh, yeah. Where you just... The... Well, I had one of those when I was a kid. The little red one with the... You put the different disc in there and the yellow lever and play school and you get the Lion King on. What was that thing called? The Viewmaster? Something like that. Okay. Yeah, they just sent one out to every household and you're just like... I'm yeah. voting for that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So November 6th of 1917, during World War One, the third battle of your, yep, yep, Reese. Y-P-R-E-S. Yep, yep, Reese. Your, your concluded Reese. after five months as Canadian and Australian troops took Passion Dolly. Oh. Their advance, measuring five miles, cost at least 240,000 soldiers. We've had this discussion before. If you can't pronounce it, move on. <laughs> Words. <laughs> Words is hard. I are, I are reading. <laughs> All right. November 7 of 1811, General William H. Harrison led... 1,000 Americans in battle, defeating the Shawnee Indians at the Battle of Tippecanoe Creek near Lafayette, Indiana. All right. There you go. Yeah. All right. November 7 of 1944, President Franklin D. Roosevelt, also a commander-in-chief, was mm -hmm. elected to an unprecedented fourth term, defeating Damn. Thomas E. Dewey. Roosevelt died less than a year later on April 12, 1945. Well, so far you got two of the four presidents on Mount Rushmore. Yeah. We're doing good. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. Here's another president. It's not about an election. November 7 of 1962, Richard Nixon told news reporters in Los Angeles, quotes, just think how much you're going to be missing. You won't have Nixon to kick around anymore because, gentlemen, this is my last press conference. Nixon's statements came the day after he lost the election to California governor to the incumbent Edmund G. Brown. In 1968, Nixon re-entered politics and won the presidency, defeating Herbert H. Humphrey. Re-elected in 1972, he resigned in 1974 during impeachment proceedings resulting from the Watergate scandal. Whole lot of names thrown in there, but Edmund yeah. H. Brown. Edmund G. Brown. Ed, okay, Edmund G. Brown. I apologize. Uh, he was a that, California governor. Yeah, and it just sounds like something you would find in the baking aisle at your local grocery store. Well, he sounds like a serial killer. Oh, yeah. You're Tonight right. at seven, Edmund G. Brown. At large. Next week on Spoiler, They Die. All right. November 8th of 1519, Cortez conquered Mexico after oh, yeah. landing on the Yucatan Peninsula in April. Cortez and his troops had marched into the interior of Mexico to the Aztec's capital and captured Aztec, Aztec Emperor Montezuma. That's why he got his revenge. Yep. 
That's exactly it. <laughs> He's been seeking revenge for 700 years. This is bullshit. I dare you to eat Taco Bell. I will get you. <laughs> right. Get get ready for this one. All right. November 8, 1923. Hitler's Beer Hall Pusch took place in the Burger Braukeller in Munich. Fuck Hitler. Hitler, Goring, and armed Nazis attempted and ultimately failed to forcibly seize power and overthrow democracy in German. Germany, not the German. Don't overthrow democracy in German. <laughs> I don't know how you say that. I don't even... The only thing I heard from that whole thing that I understood was fuck Hitler. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Here we go. November 8, 1939. So 16 years later, on the same day, an assassination attempt on Hitler failed at the Burger Brau Keller in Munich. A bomb exploded soon after Hitler had exited following a speech commemorating the 1923 Beer Hall Pooch. Seven others were killed. Fuck Hitler. Yeah, there, there were multiple assassination attempts on that guy, which yeah. uh, well-deserved, but for whatever reason, and I again, I, I know we're probably butchering the pronunciations and so forth, but I think this is probably the most famous failed yeah. assassination attempt. Yeah, I think you're right. I could be wrong. If you're a history buff and you're listening, you know, you can always reach out to us. Let us know. November 8, 1942, Operation Torch, the Allied landings in North Africa began as 400,000 soldiers under the command of General Dwight D. Eisenhower landed at Morocco and Algeria. Then, November 8th of 1656, we have a, a birthday. Astronomer and mathematician Edmund Haley was born in London. He sighted the Great Comet of 1682, now named Haley's Comet, and foretold its reappearance in 1758. Haley's Comet appears once each generation, with the average time be between appearances being 76 years. It is expected to be visible again in 2061. So we might still be alive for yeah. this thing. I uh, I think you... The, Haley's Comet, you're probably only going to see once in your lifetime. Yeah. I don't know that I saw it in my lifetime. No, I know. But, but that's the thing. When, when When's the last time that uh, Haley's Comet was visible? Uh, 75 years, uh, you're talking 2061, so it would have been early 2000s? Roughly. No, it'd be... It'd be late, year, late, late 90s. 19, late 90s, right? So it, in the late 90s, did we even care? Well, I had heard about it. Right, I didn't sure. Know about it. Yeah, sure. you've heard about it, but you didn't care. So you missed your opportunity. And if you're still, uh, you know, around in the 60s, my, that'll be your last chance. Don't do math. Fuck me off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. November 9th and 10th of 1938, Crystal Nacht, the night of broken glass, occurred in Germany as Nazi mobs burned synagogues and vandalized Jewish shops and homes. November 9 of 1989, 
the Berlin Wall was opened up after standing for 28 years as a symbol of the Cold War. The 27.9 mile wall had been constructed in 1961. I just remember uh, Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing with walls, right? You can build them, they kind of work, they kind of don't, and then eventually people just tear them down. Yeah, I don't know. I want to see what was on the other side. Could you imagine being the guy that's building that wall and your supervisor's just yelling at you? Like, hey, Larry, put another brick in the wall. All in all, you're just another brick in the wall. All right. November 10, 1775, the U.S. Marine Corps was established as part of the U.S. Navy. It became a separate unit on July 11th of 1789. What year was Crayola founded? Uh, probably 1776. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got to feed these fuckers. Feed our starving Marines. <laughs> we're, we're just kidding. We're just kidding. We can always joke about it amongst ourselves and with each other. Because at the end of the day, if you're wearing a uniform, guess what? You're my brother. Absolutely. All right. November 10 of 1871. Explorer. Henry M. Stanley found missionary David Livingstone in UGEG, Africa. <laughs> Say that again. Say that again. UGEG? UGEG. UGEG, Africa. Yeah. We need eyes forward March t shirts. UGEG. Made in UGEG. <laughs> yes. I guarantee you we would sell three. At least three. At least. We get them in coyote color and we could wear them. <laughs> you know, <folks>. <laughs> yes. <sighs> okay. So Stanley began his search the previous March for Livingston Stone, who had been missing for two years. Upon locating him, he simply asked, Dr. Livingstone, I presume. Oh, I... I remember that quote from uh, Jumanji. Yeah, and from like, uh, what was it, Tarzan? Or uh, George of the Jungle. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. November 10 of 1928, Hirohito was crowned Emperor of Japan. He was Imperial Japan's Emperor during World War II. Following Japan's defeat, he was allowed to stay and remained Emperor until his death in 1989. Dang. Yeah. So he was alive at the same time we were. Yeah. 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 Damn. 89 was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It, it was it's good. weird. You don't think about that. You don't think about emperors and all that. You, but it's there. It's it's out there. Yep. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. November 11th. Celebrated in the U.S. as a Veterans Day formerly called Armistice Day, with parades and military memorial ceremonies. November 11th of 1918, at 5 a.m., in Marshall Fox, F-O-C-H, railway car, in the forest of Compiègne, the armistice between the Allied and Central Powers was signed, silencing the guns of World War I. Effective at 11 a.m., the 11th hour 
of the eleventh day of the eleventh month. In many places in Europe, a moment of silence in memory of the millions of fallen soldiers is observed. November 11, 1972, the U.S. turned over its military base at Long Bean to the South Vietnamese, symbolizing the end of direct American military participation in the Vietnam War. That's my favorite one to try to learn stuff about because for what the Vietnam War was, there, there's this is what happened, and you can look at 20 resources, and it's so repetitive. Uh, remember during SLC, um, we had to do the paper. We had to write the paper. Yep. And I picked the Tet Offensive. Yeah. Because I'm, I, 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 I don't know why, because I know that I've had family members that have served in the Vietnam War. So that, that's what interests me. And when I was looking, I was doing online research. I was watching videos. I was, I was going everywhere I could possibly go to try to get information. And it was just like this small little story. And everybody's just repeating themselves. I'm like, there's got to be more to this than what I'm getting. I don't know. Maybe maybe at that point in time, maybe the Viet Vietnam War was so unpopular that it just didn't get the attention that it probably deserved. So it got all the wrong attention because it was mismanaged by, um, what was that dipshit's name? <laughs> Which one? Uh, Westmoreland, I think. Mm. But anyway, once he was removed, things kind of, but it was too late. Things turn around. What yeah. If, so we have a birthday, Ooh. November 11th of 1885, World War II General George S. Patton was born in San Gabriel, California. In 1942, he led the Allied Task Force that landed at Casablanca in North Africa. He commanded the U.S. 7th Army during the invasion of Sicily, then received worldwide attention and an official reprimand for slapping a hospitalized soldier suffering from battle fatigue. After D-Day, he led the 3rd U.S. Army across France and into Germany. He died at Heidelberg, Germany on December 21, 1945, of injuries from an automobile accident. Damn. I didn't yeah. know he just straight up slapped a soldier in the hospital. Yeah. yeah. So he was later asked about that and he said it would have been better if i had just uh, uh would have hugged him yeah back then yes in 2022 that scenario would also be much different yeah <laughs> right all right so i got three more things here all right all right november 12th of 1923 old fuckface himself adolf hitler was arrested <laughs> in germany after the failed beer hall pooch november 12th of 1942, during World War II in North Africa, the city of Tobruk was captured by the British 8th Army under General Bernard Montgomery. And finally, November 12, 1948, Japanese General Hideki Tojo and six others were sentenced to death by an Allied war crimes tribunal. They must have done some bad stuff. Dude, Tojo was out of control. That guy was yeah. fucking nuts. Well, I mean, he didn't have Pokemon to uh, entertain him back then, so you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. That was military history. 
Calling Corporal Cat Lady. Where's your <laughs> yeah, military we... history? <laughs> Let's get her on board. Yeah, do it. Uh, I think that would be great just to be like, all right, Corporal Cat Lady. Um, so I had ran something by you um, a couple of times probably. Yeah. And you were kind of okay with it. And so what I did was I recorded a speech. I wanted to, how do I want to say this? I wanted to basically get another veteran's take on their philosophy of Veterans Day and what it meant to them. And so. Yeah, you wanted to do a a Veterans Day episode of some sort. You wanted to focus on that. And you, at first, you approached me of let's do a Veterans Day thing. I think there was like one or two other like uh, ideas that you ran by me. And I'm just like. Dude, I don't know what you're talking about because my brain is going in every which way direction. I'm like it's seven a.m. Yeah, I don't get it. And uh, finally, you you came across or you came up with this idea, and you pre-recorded a piece. Uh, and I'll let you kind of explain. Uh, you're not recording that particular person. Your you're reading his speech and you give his credit. Yes. Um, and at first when you did that, I was kind of like, um, all right, I don't know. But then I listened to it and I was like, I get your vision. I, I get where you want to go. And, uh, though it's not necessary because uh, for me to give the thumbs up, because this is our thing, not my thing. Uh, so I'll, I'll just go ahead and let you take over, uh, and just kind of, uh, set this clip up and then we'll play it. So somehow I think it was during the COVID deal, we were doing, um, like virtual drill. So in order to get paid, we had to do certain things. Um, one of them was listen to a YouTube clip and it was about, um, resiliency essentially. And it was just titled good. This guy captured my attention instantly. His, his voice, the, the passion he had in his voice when he was telling this story. Um, his name is Jocko Willink and I'll get mm-hmm. into that in the recording ever since then, you know, I've been listening to his podcast and everything else. And he's just become kind of somebody I wanted to model myself after and, take some of the the lessons he's learned and use them in my life and maybe help other people with that too. So if you want to go ahead and go into the clip. Yeah, I'll go ahead and play it. It's really good. Pay attention, listen to it. I think you'll enjoy it. Jocko Willink is a retired SEAL officer, author of several books, including Extreme Ownership, Discipline Equals Freedom Field Manual, and The Dichotomy of Leadership. He's also a host of the top-rated podcast, Jocko Podcast. Today, I will read Jocko's Veterans Day message given on November 10th, 2018. When I was a boy, I remember I would sometimes see veterans, sometimes in a documentary or some kind of historical special on television, sometimes at a parade or some other kind of local event. Sometimes it would be a friend of my parents or grandparents that had served. Sometimes it was even just an old picture in a book or a painting of a combat veteran hanging on a wall. It didn't matter what form 
I saw them. These veterans would always impress me. They would conjure up visions of glory in my young mind. After all, in the movies, it was mostly glory. At least, that's what I saw. And when I saw combat veterans, I would see that look in their eye. The thousand-yard stare of the infantrymen. The cold look of a man that had seen too much. Even as a boy, somehow, I envied that look. I would see the veteran's uniform. Sometimes it would be crisp and clean, sharp dress uniform that emanated pure discipline. Other times, it would be old, worn combat fatigues that reflected the harsh combat tours. Oh, how I wanted to don those uniforms and be at once a symbol of iron discipline and, at the same time, an image of fierce, independent will. Of course, I would also see the medals on the veteran's chest. Since I was too young to truly understand what they meant, for me, they were symbols of heroism and pride and a display of what they had accomplished. My boyish eyes could hardly look away from those colored ribbons and shiny accoutrements. Predictably, those young, naive thoughts guided my direction in life. I enlisted in the Navy, determined to one day become one of those veterans I so admired, to get that look in my eyes, to wear those uniforms, to serve with pride as my idols had. When I arrived SEAL Team 1 in 1991, I had to go through a check-in process. I had to get an issue of gear from the supply department. I had to turn over my personal record to the administration department. Lastly, I had to meet with the leadership of the team, including the commanding officer, the executive officer, and the command master chief. Needless to say, it was very intimidating for a young sailor fresh out of BUDS or basic underwater demolition sealed training. At that time, there were still some Vietnam veterans in the SEAL teams. Our executive officer was one of them, a legendary Vietnam SEAL that I had seen pictures of in the books when I was a boy. As required, I went to check in with him. He was, to my young eyes, one of the oldest people I had ever seen in my life, and certainly older than I imagined a SEAL would be. This meant he was probably in his mid-40s, likely a few years younger than I am now. He was wearing his Navy working khaki uniform, which requires the ribbons that represent awarded decorations to be worn above the left breast pocket with the gold seal trident insignia above the rows of ribbons. In this case, the rows of ribbons were stacked so high that they forced the executive officer's seal trident upward towards his shoulder until it remained partially hidden underneath the collar of his khaki shirt. I had never seen so many awards on one man in my life. I looked at him in awe. I was beyond impressed. I was mesmerized. But I was also envious and jealous. Yes, in my young, immature mind, 
I couldn't help but think he is so lucky to have done what he has done. I wish I had a war to fight. Eventually, I got the callow wish for which I had hoped. My generation's war started on September 11th, 2001. Since that time, there have been vast numbers of awards bestowed upon our nation's soldiers, sailors, airmen, and marines. But I am no longer envious of the awards I see on the chests of our military men and women. I am older now. I have been to war. I know that each little dangling piece of metal was paid for at a great cost of blood and sacrifice. I know that many of those awards came in combination with fallen comrades. I know that for almost every decoration that adorns the chest of a service member, there are also mental and physical scars that will forever ache. And yet, America's veterans hold their heads high. They fight on through the pain of loss and find new missions and continue to serve in our military or in the civilian sector. Older generations of veterans protected and then built a great nation. This current generation of veterans is doing the same. The young boy I was didn't understand war. How could I? I'm a little older now. I see a little more. I know a little more. And I know that veterans sacrifice immensely. I know that our nation's servicemen and women put duty to country above themselves. I know that they serve not for medals or glory, but for a cause greater than themselves, freedom. I know that when our nation called, they answered. Generations of veterans have stepped up and held the line against evil in the world. And to that, I am eternally grateful. So, to all of those brave souls that protected and continue to protect this beacon of light and freedom that we call America, I say simply, thank you. I've listened to that three times. And every time I listen to it, it hits harder. And every time it hits harder, I want to break it down. Right. But it doesn't need to be broken down. If you listen to the words, and those aren't your words, those are Jocko's words. Those are Jocko's words. Let's be clear. That message says everything that needs to be said. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, and and it goes through. We've, you know, you and I both were probably those kids and we're both in that same position now. Yeah. Where all we can say is thank you. 100% thank you uh, for the people who have served before us. 100% thank you to the people that led us in our younger years and we didn't understand their ways their thought process 100 percent, thank you and also thank you to our soldiers who are in our shoes today that we were in 
you know, 20 years ago. Cause I, I look at it from both sides. I, I, I reflect on myself. I, I appreciate that he gives credit to everybody through his story. And then when he talks about the looking at your leaders and the medals, I was that person. And when we do our uniform inspection, now I'm the guy that's got this ribbon rack. Yours has a to-be-continued ribbon, I believe. You you have to open up like three late. It's like you have a book in your breast pocket of all your medals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I remember when we were it, we were at SLC and we were looking over your uniform and I'm like, well, shit, I quit. Because <laughs> I'm inadequate. <laughs> Um, you know, but when we do that, when we stand in front of our troops, the brand new ones who have not had the opportunity to deploy and they see our medals and they look at that, like, oh, damn, this guy or this gal has, he's, they've been somewhere. They've experienced things and we've just learned a lot of lessons. That's, that's the way I look at it. And whether you serve time in combat or not, you're still going to learn lessons. You're still ready to do what it takes to, to serve the country, to protect the country. And that's what it's all about. It's all about doing something greater than yourself. Selfless service. You had to throw an army value in there somewhere, didn't you? Yeah. Got to do that once in a while. <laughs> no. It was a great episode. It was really fun. Um, I really do encourage everybody to take this time of year to reflect on those who have served, those who are currently serving, and even those who you don't even know will serve in the future. It's the greatest honor that anybody can have in their life. Can't say anything better than that. Looks like that's another mission completed. A 30-mile check ride in the bag. Hit us up, podcastefm at gmail.com. Or follow Podcast EFM on Instagram. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Sergeant Bacon. And I'm Sergeant Seagar. As always, eyes forward. March. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I said, when I listened to it, it just hits home. Holy crap. Like when he when he speaks, like people just listen. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just got that voice. I I totally understand that if you're listening to Jocko, and you should go out there and find him reading it. The first time I listened to it, the cadence threw me off. The second time from you reading it, the cadence threw me off. The second time I listened to you reading it, I, it clicked. I got the cadence. And the way that your cadence hit made me understand what you were saying. Like it, it, it gave, it allowed me to see your interpretation of that speech. And it made sense. And then when I listened to it, when we played it back, I, I wanted to grab my pen and paper and start jotting down notes and things and make this another 45 minutes long. But then I thought, no, we don't need that. All you have to do is listen. 
and you get it. I'm going to hit stop. Okay. Well, stop ruining my friends. <laughs>